0: The word that Angel uh, just gave, Angel did not know what we were doing today, what we were preaching on. And uh, the word that she just gave, I don't know if Alan was listening to uh, the actual prophecy or the word that she gave, lines so much up with today's message. And I, 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 we gotta stay in tune when we're worshiping and then listen to the sermon and, and remember what was prophesied and add the sermon to it and realize that we, we don't get in a room and and work all this stuff out. We gotta. We gotta remain in awe of the fact that God is speaking something, and sometimes as humans we miss the fact that there's a theme today, and it's not just what Pastor Mark wants to preach. Um, so that was pretty cool. So so we are in awe of Him. Amen. Amen. So we are doing uh, something a little different. Uh, if you're a, a first or second time guest, we just want you to know that we've been in a series. Uh, Uh, sort of based on the awe of God book, but we really haven't even touched the book. We're just basically skimmed over two chapters. I don't remember what Katie said to me last week, but she's calling it a different series now because we're not even in the book. Uh, The plan is to get back into the book next week and describe what holy fear is. Um, And then last week when the pastor's cabinet went in to pray over the service, uh, I shared a podcast that I heard that I was pretty excited about the message, but I wasn't planning on preaching on it. I was just sharing it. And Alan started just going off, like, like, that reminds me of this story, and it reminds me of this story. And he goes, that's such a, uh, a relevant message right now that I'm hearing in, in the atmosphere. And I went, then let's preach on it. And in fact, now, the more I listen to you talk, it lines up with today's message, which was last week's message. And so this is kind of part 3B of the All of God series. Uh, and um, we're just going to bounce off of last week's message, and we're going to do what what God talked to us in the room. And we've never done this before, except we've had a panel up here before, but I've never co-preached with anyone before. Uh, So I don't know, this could be the best Sunday we ever had, and it might just be the worst. I have no idea. So I'm gonna invite uh, the handsome uh, gringo, as Carmi called him when she first met him, the beautiful gringo up on stage. Uh, Alan is the founder of Found Ministries with his wife, Carmi. Uh, and he joined our church a couple years ago. Uh, felt like he wanted a spiritual covering for his ministry, and um, so he's a, our youth pastor right now. And he's looking for to train somebody up. So you got a text yesterday that we are looking because we we are always whenever I find out that one of my leaders is not training someone to take their place, I go after them. And I said we need to send a text out because you don't have anybody you're training right now, and so that's why the text went out that we're looking for somebody to train for youth ministry. Uh, in case God moves Alan on. Um, So just if you're feeling a tugging at your heart, um, answer the call. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that. So we just hope that you're blessed. Uh, I know Alan falls to his knees very often and just thanks God that he knows me. Um, uh, uh, (laughs) That's a joke. That's a a joke. Uh, But we do just hope you're, you're blessed by the presence of God. Hopefully you already are. Uh, and the Word of God, um, and our our uh, hope is that you feel safe here. If you're here and you're just trying to figure out what you believe, we want you to know that this is a safe place to do that. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody in the room is safe, but we we strive for that, right? That's our goal, church, right? Um, on a side note, uh, just just to make it more about me, uh, uh, they moved my surgery date up till tomorrow morning. So please be in prayer for me. I go in at 9:30 to to. They're going to try to go in and blast both kidney stones. Um, please be praying for Bear. He's also struggling with two more. That guy passes them every week. Him and Brian are like champs when it comes to passing kidney stones. I'm a big wimp. It's my first two. Uh, so just be praying that the last time they couldn't get to the one on my right. So just be praying that they can get to them and get to them quickly because they can't spend more than 40 minutes in the bladder system. or It's just too much trauma. So but be praying tomorrow and maybe Angel will post an update. So I think I'm gonna cry either way. If they get to them, I'll cry. And if they don't get to them, I'll cry. But uh, as long as you keep falling to your knees in awe of me. Then... I'll, make, I'll make sure to okay. keep doing that. Right.
1: I'll be crying all day tomorrow.
0: So, <laughs> so we, we like to keep you on your toes and uh, we don't do this on purpose, but it was organic what happened in the room. Um, but we, we, we just want you to never know what's gonna happen next on a Sunday morning. And you know why? Because that's part of the Christian journey. It's actually part of the Christian journey. Uh, as we will see in our stories today, we, we don't always know what's next uh, or how to respond. Who would have thought two people from Panama would have brought their ministry and moved to snowy Pennsylvania because they literally both had separate dreams and saw snow in the dreams when they were praying to God about where to move. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was, it was the same dream on the same night we saw each other in the dream.
0: And you didn't even talk about it for like a week or so yeah, it was later. A while. It was yeah, life. it was a while before they even told each other about the dreams. Um, so I didn't know Jesus could call people to where there was snow, but I guess he does. Um, I feel called to Panama. I heard where you, where Carmi's from. It's like perfect sixty seven degrees oh, all yeah. year round year round yeah, year round, wow. Um, so sometimes we don't always know what's next. We don't always know how to respond uh, or sometimes we don't even know where Jesus is in the moment, right? So we want you to understand today that Jesus is always here. uh maybe he's over there somewhere but he is always near. He is always walking closely by, even if we can't see him, feel him, or hear his voice. Uh, I love it when even mature Christians are freaking out, but more, more, more so new Christians freak out when they can't hear the voice of God. He's just like, he stopped talking to me. It's like, no, no, he yeah, hasn't. You know, you just gotta keep pressing and he's still there, he's still talking. Uh, that's another sermon for another time. Um, it's a little awkward being up here with you. I feel totally comfortable.
1: <laughs> Notice I, I brought a much bigger Bible. Yes, because we, you have more wisdom. Because you, you told me yesterday, you said, you cannot seem more spiritual than me on stage. You can't. So you can't dress better you can't, than me. Can't, he said, can't dress better, can't preach better. <laughs> so I thought, well, at least I'll bring a bigger Bible, a more spiritual Bible.
0: <laughs> we were joking with each other. Yeah, we were having very spiritual So are you, like, am I... Am I speaking Spanish and you're interpreting for me? I can me, do or that, yeah. Do
1: that.
0: What's going on? However do, you want
1: to do it. I mean, do you want I to can...
0: talk Xbox and see if they understand? <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, I could I go. No. We could talk Xbox, that's for sure.
0: So get your Bibles ready. Um, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to present a story that I was reminded of uh, two weeks ago in a podcast, and Alan is going to present one or two stories that came to his heart when I shared this with him. And we are gonna have a dialogue together about those stories in front of you. Uh, we may interject and interrupt each other and add some spice to the stories. Um, how do you say, add some spice in Spanish?
1: Echar un poco de especias. Say it again. Echar un poco de especias. Isn't that cool? Hacerle un poco picante. I don't know. Whatever. Um, it was awesome when I said
0: You need to know that we are not doing this to entertain you, even though we're joking around right now. We are not doing this to entertain you. We want you to see yourself in these biblical accounts. Do you hear that? We want you to see you. Everyone say, Father, help me to see me. Father, help me to see me. And then we want you to see Jesus in these biblical accounts, but but also in your current situations. So we want you to see you, but we want you to see Jesus. So just ask the Father right now, in case you're going through something, Father, help me to see Jesus. Okay, let's dive in. So I'm wondering, Alan, and I'm putting you on the spot. This is unscripted. We didn't talk very much about this, um, no. just the fact that you're allowed to interrupt me for once for about 30 minutes, and then it ends after that. Um, uh, have you ever had a plan or a call or a word or direction from God that he spoke to you uh, that you were believing, you believed him, you trusted him, but some kind of unexpected situation came up, a hard situation, a storm? Uh, and it made you doubt the word that God had spoken to you.
1: Well, I, I shared about this. I guess you didn't listen to my sermon. I don't, I don't. But,
0: <laughs> was I on vacation? Yeah, you were on yeah, vacation. Yeah, I, don't yeah, I, sh-
1: I actually shared I about was on this vacation. whenever, uh, just a couple weeks ago about whenever we came here and I had a very clear vision from God. Like he spoke to us, we had that dream. I was on a plane, I had a vision of God and God sh- shared with me to come back to the States that we were living in Panama. And we planned it for months. We got here. We were supposed to have housing set up. And when we like drove into the parking lot, you guys were there and like, yeah, we don't, we don't have any housing for you because the, there was another church. I that wasn't had, there. I wouldn't have yeah. done that to
0: you. Yeah. Well, I think the, it was
1: Katie and Angel. Yeah, definitely yeah. Katie for yeah. sure. No, no, no. It, but, it, was, it was a total just like weird miscommunication on so many levels. There, there was supposed to be a house for us. When we we were here. told
0: that you had housing. Yeah, yeah. It, was,
1: it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't any of your fault here. It was the lady on the other side was not communicating with her leaders. Yeah. And so we got here with everything that we owned in our car and found out we didn't have any housing. And then we were homeless, hopping from house to house for an entire year. And the whole time, I mean, it's hard. We have two boys, and all, we were we would be in one room or two rooms if we were lucky. But most of the time, it was one room all together, crammed together. And it was it was pretty rough for a year. And, of course, if you... We, have, we own a house in Panama. We could have gone back to Panama anytime we wanted to. And it's about a fourth as expensive as it is here to live. I mean, Panama, we can live for a few hundred dollars a month. And we could have gone back anytime we wanted, but God spoke to us to stay. So
0: we stayed, and it took a year for God to give us a place to live. And Did you hear that? He didn't choose the easy. He, he, he leaned into the hard. And then, and then how long have you been here since? Spent been three years, Three years. Three years now. So Katie, way to trick him into coming. That was, that was, a, that was a good move. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, Katie, she's a good friend. You hooked. Then you met us and fell in love with us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's been the struggle. And that's, you didn't want to go. That's been,
0: that's been the hard.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: So I actually have it in my notes that if you didn't know what to say, that was the rhetorical answer. The, the question was rhetorical because it was pretty obvious that that was one story that you had. Huh. That when you got here and nothing was working out. And you felt like, God, what you? I know you called us here. What's going on? No doors are opening. Uh, and so we're pretty proud of you that you leaned into it. Uh, Katie and Angel were very tricky how they tricked you into coming and, and then told you you were going to be homeless. Yeah. So, uh, So, and Katie didn't take you in either, did she? She did. Wow. She invited you, but then didn't take you yeah, in. She That's didn't interesting. Take no another sermon for another time. Um, so I'm guessing. Uh, uh, since Alan has experienced this, that maybe you've experienced it as well. Probably everybody in the room has experienced uh, that you uh, were, were hanging with Jesus. He gave you a word or he gave you direction. And then all of a sudden a storm hit your life or maybe uh, you're listening to this and you've actually felt like Jesus uh, is or was nowhere to be found. You know, so, so obviously I'm having some physical issues and I'm crying out every day. What are you gonna do about this? Where are you? I need these stuff. I mean, you could remove them just like that. Uh, and I believe he can, and, and unless he does, I'm going to lean into the doctors and their wisdom uh, and see what they can do uh, if he doesn't. Uh, but maybe you felt like that at some time uh, uh, in your life. Uh, in fact, why don't you raise your hand if you've ever felt that way? See, look around the room. We're all in this together, right? Uh, so just remember, um, this is a discussion we want to have with you today. And, and as we dive in, I want, you, I want you to remember, Father, help me to see me in these stories. And then, Father, help me to see Jesus in my story right now in my current situation. Okay? Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 14, if you will. Matthew chapter 14. If you don't have Bibles uh, with you, uh, there's black Bibles under the seats in front of you. It's page 970. Matthew chapter 14. We're not going to read any new stories to you if you've attended church for a long time, but perhaps if you don't go to church or if this is your first time back, they may be brand new to you. Um, but these are very familiar stories to most church-going Christians. Um, but then I'm going to share one with you, and then I'm going to contrast it with another author's account of the same story. So I'm going to read the whole story from Matthew 14, but I'm only going to show you a snippet from another author. Um, and I just hope that you're transformed by it. Um, leading up, to the moment that we're going to talk about in, in Matthew 14. In chapter 13, uh, Jesus told, just told a bunch of parables about the kingdom of heaven. Then in chapter 14, uh, he heard about the death of John the Baptist, and then we have the account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Then we pick up this story in verse 22. Are you ready? Verse, Matthew 14, verse 30, 22. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Heavy times. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. We know the story, right? Pretty awesome. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, I love the Bible, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost. Isn't that funny? These guys have been you know, walking with Jesus. You think they would not be afraid of any ghost at this point in their walk, but they are still just scaredy cats. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And this is the reason why pastors preach this message so much, because we all want to relate to Peter. We want to be the ones that get out of the boat. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat, and he walked on water toward Jesus. Wow, don't we want to be like Peter? But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And there's another sermon in that, and I don't know if Alan has anything to say about that, but there's another sermon. He was not putting Peter down when he said, you have so little faith. And I'll maybe preach on that another time unless you had any thoughts in your, in your study of this on that. But, but, but it, he was not putting him down. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You are really the son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him, they begged him, and this will go into one of Alan's stories if he decides to tell it, because he's back and forth on what stories he's gonna tell. To let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. So, what I want to say about this is that most preachers will preach this story from this version of the story. And I think it's more popular because it not only talks about Jesus walking on the water, but it talks about normal, everyday people like you and me, a normal, everyday guy like Peter walking on water. You dropped a paper. Don't be falling apart on me. We're on TV right now, it's between your legs and you're falling apart live on on TV. It's your connection card. You never filled that out three years ago?
1: I'm using it as a bookmark. Okay.
0: (laughs) We need to get his information, Dusty, before the end of the week. Uh, This is a more exciting version to preach because it gives more hope to the human heart. I can walk on water, and even if I do and I have the faith, if my faith starts to dwindle, Jesus is right there to pick me up. And it's it's usually, this version of the story is usually about us and having hope in that. And when we preach it, we say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't focus on the wind and the waves. Don't get me wrong. It's a great message. And like many uh, other Christians, you probably think that you can't learn anything new from this story. But go with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, page 997 in your Bibles. And I'm going to show you something from the same story. And we'll see if it's true that you can't learn anything new because there is just one line in this version that changes everything. Remember, same story. So we're not gonna read it all. Let's start with verse 47 from Mark 6. Verse 47. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. Same version as Matthew. Are you ready for this next part? In verse 48, he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. Have you ever been struggling before? About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water, but he intended to go past them. Did you catch that? He saw that they were in serious trouble. The truth is that many of us have either experienced a massive life storm or will experience it, or eventually. And some of you are experiencing a massive life storm right now. I can guarantee you, my kidney stones and my knee are not a massive storm compared to what some of you are going through. You feel like you're getting hit from every side. You've been crying out to God, but you feel like he's a million miles away. But pay attention. It says he saw them. He saw them in serious trouble, struggling hard. That means whatever you're in the middle of right now or later on, you need to know that he sees you too, okay? Do we have that solidified? He sees you. Don't believe the whispers from the enemy in your ear that God doesn't care. He sees you, okay? They're in trouble. Jesus sees them. He's moving towards them. What is he gonna do? How is he gonna help them? Mark says he intended to just walk by, Have you ever noticed that in the Bible before? Jesus sees them, they're struggling. He's walking on a water. So he's aware that there is a terrible storm, but he never intended to stop. Why? And I wanna remind you that these were his best friends at this point. And he's gonna just walk past them while they're freaking out. Why? Now the premise laid out in the podcast, and then I'm gonna let Alan uh, respond to this, and then move into his stories that relate to this one, uh, but a little differently. In the beginning of this story, Jesus tells his disciples to do what? He gave them clear instructions. What did he tell them to do? Get in the boat and go to the other side, okay? Have you ever had a clear word from God? Who has had a clear word from God? You couldn't deny what he was telling you to do. Move to Pennsylvania, okay? He said, I'm gonna pray and then I will meet you there. So here's one conclusion about why he was not going to stop. You ready for this, for your story? He never intended on stopping, even though there was a storm, even though there's kidney stones, even though there's a cancer diagnosis, even though you lost your house, even though you lost your job, even though there was difficulty, even though there was an unexpected distraction, and even though there was not a minor problem in their lives, the Bible says this was a serious problem problem. They were in serious trouble, life-threatening. And he never intended on stopping. Want to know why? Because the plan had never changed. The plan had never changed. He was going to meet them on the other side of the lake. The call that Jesus gave them did not change just because they were in a storm. Now, this seems kind of mild, but some of you are waiting to get involved in ministry because you're waiting for the storm to settle or you're waiting for something to happen. How many times have we gotten up and said, we need help in youth ministry and children's ministry? And in your mind, you're waiting for your schedule to free up. But he's told you to be involved, but you're waiting for something. The plan hadn't changed. He He never intended on stopping because the plan had never changed. Remember from last week, that David learned to trust God's word. Remember that? Well, here's God in a bod, it's Jesus. And he said, I will meet you on the other side. He didn't say, unless there's a storm, then come back. He didn't say, unless it gets really hard. He didn't say, unless something gets in the way. The, The point is, the plan didn't change. And that goes for you, it goes for Alan, and it goes for me. Whatever call or plan that Jesus has spoken into our lives that you've been in believing and trusting God for, just because you hit some difficult times, or just because you're in the middle of a storm right now, doesn't mean the plan has changed. So listen, all of God's promises are yes and amen. Read 1 Corinthians 1. God is faithful to his word always. And maybe that's why the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah 40, encouragement from last week. I'm trying to tie this into last week's message. Do you remember this? It'll be up on the screen. Just two little snippets from it. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? Disciples, he told you he would be there on the other side and you would be there with him. Why are you freaking out? That those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. And this is the point I wanna bring out, that they will soar, high above their storm. They will soar high on wings like eagles, birds, and I don't know if it's anybody but eagles, but eagles, when a storm comes, they use the storm to get them above the storm until the storm passes, and they just hover there because the storm keeps them there above it in safety if they can't get to their nest. Those who trust in the Lord will soar above the storm and not be destroyed by it and make it to the other side. Now, what is the other side of the lake for us? Heaven. You will make it. If you don't freak out, jump out of the boat during the storm or row back to the wrong shore. Ooh, that's a good word. Not in my notes. Listen, God didn't step in and stop David's fight with Goliath either. Did he? Why? It's a great question to ponder, so I decided to ponder it. And I'm not saying I'm right. But I was, I was wondering, perhaps he didn't stop David from fighting Goliath for David's own spiritual growth. Because God knew the plan for David and it wasn't changing. And he knew he had to, to grow some things in him before he took the helm of the kingdom. Okay, that's one. But what is more obvious to me when I read about that serious trouble that he had with the giant, uh, the, king, the uh, kingdom of Israel... Is perhaps God allowed David? I want you to really lean into this. Perhaps David allowed God to David to go through that, so that a king, and an army, and an entire nation would see the hand of God on someone else's life. Can
1: I add something to that? Perfect. Yeah, there, so I don't want to get sidetracked on this because I know yeah,
0: I'm almost done. So you're okay. But
1: this is this story of David. There's, I always, for years, I had a question, which was that speaks to the faith of David. And that was, if David had so much faith, you know, he would killed a bear, killed a lion, all that stuff. If David had so much faith, why did he pick five stones instead of just one? Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I asked God this for years until some, one day, I don't even remember how I got the answer. I don't know if God spoke to me or if I heard it in the sermon. But uh, the, the answer is, it was not that David had a lack of faith and he's like, I got to get five in case I miss four times. It was because Goliath was very famous. He was a very famous Is that an warrior. Xbox
0: jokes towards um, me? Because I miss all the time.
1: Oh, no. I, I, okay. Yes, but no, it wasn't intentional. Uh, <laughs> no, but David, uh, so Goliath was a very famous warrior, and he had four brothers. So David was not going to take down Goliath. He was going to, to take down the whole family of famous giant warriors. So that just, I just want to throw that, because that really speaks to the Who faith pointed thing. that
0: out to me this morning? Somebody pointed that out, that there was more than one giant. Yeah, Tina said she learned that and she freaked out and heard it and then went home and looked it up in her Bible and it's true. There was yeah, a family kill them.
1: over. It took years. There was a family killing all. Of
0: them. That's crazy. Okay? And God didn't stop the fight, right? Be- perhaps because God wanted other people to see the hand of God on someone. Are you hearing that for your own story? He allowed the fight to take place, not just for entertainment reasons. God doesn't allow things to humor him. He doesn't just allow them just so he can be humored. There is always, because there's always one of his children involved and there are always other people watching. Here's the point. Your storms are not just meant for you. Don't forget the big statement from last week. It's up on the screen. David was pleading with us Don't live according to your truth, your flesh, your emotions, or your feelings, but instead live according to the fear of the Lord and the word of God. And then you will be in awe of God. And then you will preserve your life. So what was it? What what was it about the disciples that they didn't have such an awe of God and a fear of the Lord that they knew they would make it to the other side of the lake? Why do we panic? Why do we think Jesus has left? And here's what I want you to hear before I get to Alan's response to the story as a whole, if he has one. Uh, Even though Jesus intended to walk past them, and even though it may feel like he has walked past you, he didn't walk past them. He stopped. He calmed the wind and he calmed the waves and he brought comfort and peace to them. But it didn't happen until they shifted their focus to him from the storm back to Jesus. So the disciples, listen, it didn't mean that the disciples didn't have to fight the storm. Did you read the scripture? They were struggling. They were paddling hard against the waves and the storm. They were fighting for a while. And it felt like they were alone. But remember, he was watching them. He's closer than you think. That's why I titled the message this, even if it has nothing to do with his part. Who cares about him? He's closer than you think. Everybody say that. He's closer than I think. Say it again. He's closer than I think. Has Jesus ever failed anyone? Okay. Any comments on that story before you move into your piece? Yes.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was... He told me just to, we did not compare notes or anything. So I had no idea what he was really, I knew the passages, but I didn't know what he was going to share. And he said, you know, don't, don't write a whole sermon about it. Just glance over the story. And and I ended up last night, I was reading the story and it just like, God just spoke to me so much about it. it just blew my mind. So many things. And I'm not going to repeat the story or anything because he already did it, but there's just a few points that just are amazing to me. And one is, so there's this big storm pushing them, but the, the Bible says that they were struggling against the wind that the wind was contrary to them that means the wind was trying to push them back to where they came from mm-hmm. wow. from that beginning shore and on top of that it's three in the morning jesus is watching them from shore right so this means either one of two things either jesus was using super jesus vision <laughs> and he could see into the darkness and see this ship that was far or they had been struggling for hours and barely got anywhere. Mm. Say so they were close enough to shore that he could see them from the shore. Wow. And the thing is, is he gave them a command to go and any, most of us in here would have been like, guys, this storm is crazy. Let's go back, we'll spend the night in the village, we'll get up early, we'll leave, Jesus will never know the difference, right? That's what most people would do. Let's wait till the wind calms down and we'll go. But the disciples were so obedient, they just kept going and just kept rowing and kept mm, rowing again. And, and this is a pattern that I have seen throughout scripture lately. It's something God's been showing me of this continuing to move forward even when everything is against you. Mm. And the stories throughout scripture of people who kept going and got it like David, who had King David who had Saul against him for years, possibly mm. decades before Jesus uh, before David actually became king. The king of the nation was hunting him down and trying to kill him, and he kept going forward. Someone like him who actually got it, or someone like King Saul who didn't wait and ended up getting the kingdom taken away from him. And there are so many times throughout Scripture, and I'm sure in every single one of our lives, where we either pushed through and got it, or we didn't keep pushing and we lost it. Either way, Jesus is right there. Jesus is on the water. He's always there. It's our choice are we going to be... Oh, this is my other thing. The disciples were awake, and they were paying attention. Because they saw him, like, it's a ghost! You know, they, they saw the ghost. But the thing is, they were awake. The Bible says over and over again, don't sleep. Not not like physically, but spiritually, don't sleep. Wow.
0: Because wow.
1: you'll miss it. They could have gone back, gone back to shore. This whole passage wouldn't even be in Scripture.
0: Not not just awake, but they were maybe actively looking yeah. for s- some answer or some...
1: Yeah, maybe they were with like hope. Maybe Jesus they're looking for up. Jesus. Yeah, wow, that's good. <laughs> we need, we need to tell us something. So those, those were the things that, that really stood out to me. Like everything was telling them go back, leave later, but they didn't. They just kept on going and going and going. And
0: what have we? What have we been talking about since last Easter? Remember, lean into the hard, lean into the uncomfortable, lean into the pain, lean into the unknown. Those were a, that was a four part series that we did. We've been talking about this for almost a whole year. Over a year, so go ahead. You can present your what God spoke to you. Yeah,
1: so I um I came across this story. Most of you are probably familiar with it. We can go to Luke chapter 18. Got one hand, so a little bit slower, but we're gonna go to Luke chapter 18 here. I think you
0: picked the wrong version because I had Mark, but it's okay, just go with it. Well,
1: I am gonna go to the Mark one. No, so Luke chapter 18. (laughs) Um, we're gonna we're gonna read about blind Bartimaeus. Which I think is such a funny name. Like the Bible calls him Blind Bartimaeus. Like it's it's funny. And I want to I want to what should we do here? So I want to tell you this story. This is a this is not the beginning of this is not in Scripture. So I'm not saying this is what the Bible says. All right, just let's get that clear. But there is a church tradition that's been passed down for I don't know how many thousands of years, two thousand, maybe maybe hundreds of years. I don't know when it started. But there is a church tradition, a church story about Bartimaeus. It's his backstory, his origins. And I want to share that story a little bit before we start reading. It's uh, Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 35. We'll read that in a minute. But the, the, the story goes that Bartimaeus was, he was a very poor man, as we know. He was a beggar, as the scripture tells us. But he had been blind for a long time. And he had a 12-year-old daughter and he had a wife and they'd been married for a very long time. He had had his sight when he first got married, but he was blind by the time his daughter was born. And his daughter was everything to him. And because he couldn't work, they had no money. So a friend or his wife or or, or, um, somebody for a while, they would take him to his spot. Now, this this whole story takes place in Jericho. And uh, Bartimaeus, he would go to the same spot and he would beg. And Bartimaeus, he had two turtle doves. That he would sit on the road and the turtle doves, they would play with each other and they would flutter around and this would attract people's attention. And the people would then come and they would see, watch the turtle doves for a minute and they would give him uh, uh, money or something to, to help him survive. This is how he made money for his family. Well, uh, a few years go by and his wife gets really sick. And the doctors come and they say his wife is going to die. There's nothing that they can do for her. And so uh, in, in Scripture, turtle doves are the sacrifice that was made for healing. And so Bartimaeus takes his two turtle doves to the temple, to the priest, and he says, I, I need to sacrifice these doves, so that to, and I'm going to ask God to heal my wife of this sickness. And the priest is kind of hesitant because he knows Bartimaeus, because Bartimaeus is a faithful man of God, mm. and, but he agrees to do it. He says, okay, okay, Bartimaeus, we'll, we'll sacrifice these doves. They sacrifice the doves, and his wife gets healed. A couple years later, his 12-year-old daughter then gets sick. Now, at this point, Bartimaeus, he doesn't have his turtle doves, but in those days, like here in the States, we have seeing eye dogs for blind people. But in those days, in Bible times, they used lambs, Mm -hmm. and the lamb would guide the blind to where they needed to go. And so Bartimaeus had a little lamb that would guide him to his spot where he had to beg every morning. And when his daughter got sick, he had no other sacrifices. So he said, Lord, I'll sacrifice this lamb to you. Now, remember, this is before Jesus has died on the cross. So they're still doing sacrifices. He says, Lord, I'll sacrifice this lamb to you if you'll heal my daughter like he healed my wife. And his daughter, he goes home after begging, and his daughter has been healed during that time. And he still has his lamb. He hasn't made the sacrifice yet. God already healed his daughter. So Bartimaeus, the next morning, he, has, he dreams all night long about being able to see again. For since he went blind, he would have these dreams. And he always thought it was just God just sort of letting him remember, relive, being able to see. And so all that night, he has dreams of being able to see again. And he wakes up, and he's still blind. And so he gets up, and he takes his lamb, and he has a friend take him to the temple. When he gets to the temple, the, he tells the priest, God has healed my wife and I told him that I was going to sacrifice my lamb to him if he would heal her. And the priest says, Bartimaeus, what are you doing? You already sacrificed your turtle doves. You can't sacrifice your lamb. And Bartimaeus says, I told God that I would sacrifice this lamb, so I'm going to do it. And the priest said, listen, I'll give you money. Go buy another lamb. Bring bring that lamb back. This lamb is your eyes. You can't lose this lamb. And Bartimaeus responded. He said, I didn't tell God that I would sacrifice a lamb. I said I would sacrifice this lamb. Wow. And so he gave the priest the lamb, and the priest sacrificed it. And so now he has no turtle doves, and he has no lamb. He has nothing. So he goes back after that. He goes to his place. And according to the story, because this is Jericho, there were still big boulders from the old Jericho wall that had been crumbled down whenever uh, Joshua, who marched around it, and uh, so Bartimaeus, he found one of the big rocks, and he sits down next to it. Now he has nothing. Now he's just a beggar like anybody else. He, all was, he can do
0: is... Was his daughter healed, by the way?
1: Yes, his daughter, okay. his daughter was healed. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, his daughter had been healed the night before. Uh, and so he's now there. Now he's just, he's just blind Bartimaeus. He has nothing to attract anybody. And right on that same day, a eight-year-old little boy comes running down the street And he says, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Jesus of Nazareth is coming to Jericho. And that's whenever our story picks up here in Luke chapter 18. And so it goes like this. Then it happened as he, Jesus, was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man, this is Bartimaeus, was sitting by the road begging and hearing the multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by and he, Bartimaeus, cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And I want to uh, I, I jump over here. Let's go to Mark chapter
0: 8. Much better book. Mark is a great book. It is. Great guy. You know any good Marks? I don't know any good marks, but
1: I hope to meet one someday.
0: <laughs> I hope you do too. So, Mark,
1: Mark, chapter eight. Okay. Sorry, I gotta find I looked at a bunch of these verses. My bookmark fell out because Mark was distracted. So, Mark, chap. Yeah, what is it? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Thank you. There you go. Okay, yeah, I got so many things going on here. There's all these papers all over me. All right, so I love this. Everyone is warning Bartimaeus. Like, shut up, Bartimaeus. You, you're a beggar. You're not, you have no value. You're not going to get anything from Jesus. Someone like Jesus is not going to stop and give you something. And so, uh, Bartimaeus,
0: he, uh, is this the right one? It's, it's chapter 10 is what I have. Yeah. 1046. Sorry, 1046. That's okay.
1: Yes. There we go. Okay. So I love this. Now, he he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is verse 47. Many warned him to be quiet. He cries out again. And then it says, so Jesus is passing him by, just like on the water, right? Jesus was not coming with intent to go see Bartimaeus. He is just passing through Jericho. Actually, in this Mark passage, this is actually, Jesus has already gone through Jericho and is now leaving Jericho, And Bartimaeus is there sitting by the wall and Jesus is just, he's trying to go get dinner or something, you know? And so Jesus is walking out, Bartimaeus is yelling, you know, Jesus, son of David, come uh, please hear me, blah, blah, blah. And it says, so verse 49, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called because everyone is like, shut up, Bartimaeus. And I love that Jesus commanded it. There's something so like, he's putting everyone down. Right, like all of you be quiet, you bring him here. Wow. But then, I love this, this is, this is what happens when you have the favor of God on you, right? Whenever Jesus finally looks at you and points at you, here's what happens. Everyone went from telling him to shut up and be quiet to immediately, oh, be of good cheer, brother.
2: <laughs> the
1: Lord him. hath called you. <laughs> all of a sudden they're best friends and now they wanna help
0: him. They're like, oh, let me just stand next to you to take you to Jesus. Wow. Those are people sidling up to Jesus.
1: Yeah, they're all, like, trying to get in with the guy. There's
0: a Seinfeld episode about that.
1: Really? I don't watch Seinfeld. Yeah. And uh, I love this. They're all, like, trying to help the buddy out, right? Help help Bartimaeus out. And in verse 50, and throwing aside his garment. Those are his beggar's garments. They were known by the, the garments they wore. Throwing, He knew. Like, he already knew he was getting it before he even got to Jesus. Yeah. And he just was like, well, this is done, and just threw his beggar garments to the side, and he rose, and I'm sure the word here should be, he ran to Jesus, because I guarantee you, he ran to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, this is a question that Jesus asks us often, because so many times, he's walking by us. Like, it's amazing how Jesus I talked to, uh, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. I said, In Pennsylvania, you guys have this thing. Mark did this to me yesterday. In Pennsylvania, you guys have a thing, and it's, it's something that Jesus does, where you guys, you like to make people get the information. You don't just give the information to people. Like Mark, he wrote me yesterday, and he just said, we're leaving it for. I have no idea what he's talking about. No clue. You know what I'm like? thank you for the update i don't know <laughs> why are you telling me this he says i where are you going he's like what is it tacos or something like that me- mexican we're going to get to mexican going to make okay thank, awesome i hope you enjoy it why, why are you telling me this and then finally it took like 10 minutes for him to finally be like i'm inviting you like <laughs> this is very pennsylvania like you guys do this to me all the time you throw out some random statements so just,
0: just remember, he's a beautiful gringo. He doesn't I, understand. I'm a gringo and I'm there, a Texan where we speak clearly I have clearly my phone other. that I sent you a text a half an hour before that. Would you like to go out to eat with us tonight? Oh, at I totally didn't get that text. <laughs> you sent that to someone else. So, so here's the thing. Like, so I don't think it's a Pennsylvania thing. very
1: Pennsylvania. Many of you have done this to me, okay, where you write, and it's like a random statement. Okay, but,
0: li- but I didn't do that. Okay. You just didn't receive it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you guys. So, you guys tend to do that. So, anyway, that's what Jesus does, right? Like, Jesus knows what this guy wants. I mean, he's blind, right? Yep. He's, he's like, he I am a blind whole, man. and He knows this whole up. story.
0: He knows the whole history of what you just said. Yeah. He knows the whole story. Yeah,
1: Jesus knows this stuff, but Jesus will still ask you things to see, like, one, are you bold enough to actually ask for it? Mm. Because Bartimaeus, if he asked for that and he was wrong and Jesus couldn't heal him, Guess what? He was going to be made fun of for like the rest of his life. Or if Jesus said, no, he doesn't know what Jesus is going to say, but he's so confident. Like he can do it. He has, he called me. Wow. He's going to so, have mercy. so
0: that brings up the whole thing that we, sometimes we have more faith for other people to be healed, but not ourselves. 100%. That could have been a challenge. Yeah. You had faith for your wife and your daughter. Do you have faith for you?
1: Yeah. Well, and this is very, this is very, very, um, this is an amazing phenomenon that happens. If you've been out on the mission field or you, you do street evangelism, it's amazing how like, for lack of a better word, like a crackhead will get healed so much faster than you will. And it's not because Jesus loves them more, Mm-mm. it's because they know they don't deserve it and that it's mercy wow. and that God, they're just there, but we think we have to earn it. And that will kill everything you ever wow. try to seek from God wow. when you try to earn it. A crackhead or a prostitute or whatever, they know they don't deserve it. So if they get it, it's just, he's so good, that's why I got it. Wow. But we approach God like, I fasted 40 days, now I for sure i am going to get it. That's and just not how it works. Yeah, and
0: we're aware of our sins, so we're thinking, I'm too sinful for yeah. it, or what have I done wrong? So then we start repenting and thinking, that'll work, so it goes back to works. Yeah, wow, exactly.
1: We, we make it all about wow. works, and sinners, for lack of a better word, they understand they don't deserve it. It's grace. Wow. We walk away from that, and we become... Wow. Something else. So, so Bartimaeus, he gets this healing, and it's that same thing of like Jesus is going to walk right by him. Everyone's telling him to shut up. Jesus has passed him by. He missed the whole show, right? Like the conference happened in Jericho. Bartimaeus was outside because he didn't have a lamb. He didn't have anything to lead him. So he's just sitting by the wall. The, the conference is over. The speaker is leaving, right? And the, other people would have been like, I don't want to bother the speaker. I don't want to bother this famous guy. But Bartimaeus is like, I'm getting it. I'm going for it. He had already seen God heal. Mm. And this is also, uh, for, we see this in, in 2 Kings chapter 2 as well. I love this story of Elijah and Elisha. Elisha has been following Elijah around for a long, long time. And the day has come that Elijah is going to be taken up to heaven. And all these, it says that there were 50 different prophets that came to Elisha and said, don't you know that your, your uh, master's going to be taken from you today. And he just kept telling him, shut up. Stop talking to me. Stop bothering me. And Elisha, Al- Elijah, he did the exact same thing. He keeps telling Elisha, go away. You read that story. Mm-hmm. He keeps telling Elisha, go away. I'm going to the next town. Stay here. I'm leaving. And Elisha's like, say whatever you want. I'm not going anywhere. You could try to push me away, you could mm-hmm. you could tell me you're leaving, you could do whatever he he'd already given him the mantle, right? Like, like he in, in the first thing, he put the mantle around him. Like Elisha could have just been happy with that. But he wanted the actual thing. He wanted the actual spirit, the actual yeah. anointing. And so he follows Elijah, even though every, even Elijah himself, like if you're the servant of a prophet and the prophet tells you go away, you go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Elisha, Elisha had melted people. You know, like you remember the story of the soldier? Like Elijah was sitting on a rock praying in the middle of nowhere and a whole group, a captain and a group of soldiers come up and they're like, hey, now get down. We're, we're going to go take you to see the king. They say, hey, man of God, come down. And Elijah says, if I, you can imagine, he says, if I'm a man of God, may fire fall from heaven and melt you all. And it does. And the king sent like two or three different groups of, and they all got melted. <laughs> And Elijah's telling Elisha, go home, Elisha. I mean, maybe he threw in a little, or I might melt your face off.
2: You know, I know I would.
1: And Elisha's just like, fine, melt my face off. I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going with you. Because like the apostles said to Jesus, we have nowhere else to go. I tell that to Jesus all the time. I'm like, I have nowhere else to go, so you may as well do something with me. That's good. And so, you know, the whole thing happened where the Elijah, and Elijah says, Elisha says, Elijah says, what do you want? Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah says to me, one of the most profound things, he says, if you see me, when God takes me, you can have it. And the Bible says that they're just continuing to walk along talking. Elisha didn't know how long it was. But if someone came to you and said, I will give you $1 million if you see it when I pull it out of my pocket. Let's say it's a check because it's a $1 million. No. You would not take your eyes off of that person. And that's what Elisha was doing. He's like, I don't care how long, I won't sleep. I'm not moving until I, I'm not leaving you until I see it. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says the chariot of fire came, got Elijah, and it says, and Elisha saw it. Mm-hmm. And then he got the anointing. Mm-hmm. But he could have missed it if he was like, I'm so hungry, Elijah. I got to get some burgers. I'm going over to Wendy's. Mm-hmm. I'll see you in a bit. And then Elijah's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my part.
0: Good. What else you got? I don't have anything better than that. <laughs> so uh, let, me, let me just uh, uh, share real quick on some thoughts on blind Bartimaeus. Just uh, some of it might be repetitive, but just as an encouragement to you, um, it is amazing to me how much Satan will use other people to keep you from your healing. Right. That's right. We need to respond the way Bart did. I call him Bart. He only shouted louder. Don't let anyone silence you or steal your joy or your excitement or your enthusiasm as you are chasing Jesus. Obstacles, including people who are broken, hurt, lost, bitter, just plain bitter, will, will be put in your way. Be ready to cast them aside.
1: Yeah, because, sorry. I, in in, I in a good much.
0: way, you know, not, not like, yeah.
1: Because sometimes other people didn't get it. They weren't watching, and they missed it. And so then they rationalize and say, oh, God doesn't do miracles. Mm -hmm. And then they spread
0: those lies to you. Mm -hmm. There are churches that are preaching that today still. So the point is, don't let anyone or anything keep you from all that God has for you. Decide today that you will never pay attention to the crowd, the world, society's influence or views or man's opinions. You know why? Because the crowd... The crowds, beliefs, opinions, morals, and standards are always changing. God never changes. I love the fact that you mentioned that he followed Jesus because if you missed it, I was just gonna you know, help you out make you look better. Uh, the fact that, that when Jesus was done, Bartimaeus followed him after that. Um, and I believe because he wanted to position himself next to the healer and he didn't wanna miss anything after that point. We don't know how long he followed him or how far, but the point was is he just wanted to be near him. He received his healing and didn't say, well, I got what I wanted, he's a a vending machine, now I can go back to sin until I find out I have cancer or another kidney stone, then I'll run and hit my knees again. Bartimaeus said, I've been healed, now I just wanna be right next to the healer for the rest of my life. That's what it spoke to me, even if he didn't literally stay next to his side. Uh, There's one story that I'm just going to touch on real quick. We won't expound too much on it. Uh, But there's just such a powerful point in the woman with the issue of blood. And the point was this. It's the same with Bartimaeus. That woman was not on Jesus's agenda that day. He was actually going to another home to heal somebody else. She was not on Jesus's agenda. And and this is what the enemy will whisper to us and say, he doesn't care about your problem. Your problem is too small compared to other people's problems. There's other sick people. But you know what happened with that woman? She got herself on his agenda by pressing through and touching the hem of his garment. And she got her healed. She got her healing by moving towards Jesus. Not wallowing in self pity on the side of the road. Oh, why do I keep getting kidney stone after kidney stone? Why do I keep getting bad report after bad report? Jesus must not care about me. He must be punishing me, making me go through this pain. She's like, I believe he heals. I know he's going, he probably doesn't, you know, he doesn't know I exist. He did, but this is just probably what she's thinking but I'm going to at least press through the crowd and get my healing. Um, So I I just want you to hear this this morning. If you've ever felt or have been an outcast at home or school or work, just push past all the obstacles and touch Jesus. Push past all of that. If you've ever felt abandoned, uh, like, like Missy did today when her name wasn't called, Just be above that and and forgive your pastor, push past it and touch the the garment of Jesus because the pastor's gonna make mistakes all the time, right? Stop allowing your excuses to keep you from your healing. Some of us are sitting back and waiting for God to show up. Maybe your healing or the touch that you need is is gonna take you moving toward him past all the obstacles that you are facing instead of using your excuses to keep you from it. Okay, so reach out to Jesus in your times of pain, heartache, isolation, and loneliness. It's the only way you're going to receive what you need from Jesus. Okay, so how did you relate to these stories? Who did you relate to? What are you going to do about it? We didn't do this to entertain you. Some of you are just struggling with not having peace. I'm going to be real with you today. If that is you, you, if you don't have peace then you need to think about what you're doing that's not working. Andy Haskins, one of my my teachers that led me through many classes through ordination, uh, blows my mind when he says things like this. You're gonna keep getting the current results that you're getting if you keep doing the things that you're doing.
1: Uh, Can I? Yep. There's a a flip side to that saying that I heard years ago that has really impacted my life, which this one guy said to me, if you want to get what, whoever you're, you want to be like, right, whoever the missionary or whoever preacher or whatever prayer warrior, if you want to get what they got, you have to do what they did to get what they got.
0: Yep, yep. So, so that's, that brings home everything. Don't be satisfied with just letting Jesus pass you by. Get yourself on his agenda and fight for your peace and freedom. I'm gonna allow for two responses. Does anybody have a response that you just wanna maybe share from your own one or two minute comment of your own experience with this? If not, the pastor's cabinet probably will. So I wanna give you an opportunity before my leaders do. Anybody? Just wanna say, I've lived this. And here's another scripture verse that God brought to my mind as you two were speaking. Anybody? Katie? Can you actually come up and grab a microphone because we are live And I want to make sure this gets on there. Sorry.
2: Sorry.
1: Whenever you were talking about, like, early on, if Jesus ever calls you to something and all these things come against you and you're like, Lord, how am I going to get there? I used to always use that if I was, like, on a plane and there was turbulence. I was like, I've got prophecies on my life. I can't die. Like, this plane ain't going down. You guys are welcome. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just, it gave you confidence because you were like, the Lord does have a plan for me. I can't die yet. Like, until his words come to pass, until we get to the other side, we're not going down.
0: Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have something?
1: Daniel also had his hand.
0: Daniel, come on up and grab the mic.
3: hello. All right. <laughs> so when y'all was talking about the Bible and stuff, the thing that got it out of my heart was faith. So one of my friends was going through stuff, and I would keep telling them, like, hey, you don't know what you're doing right now, man, but you got to keep pushing through your struggles. I know you don't see it, but you're going to help a lot of people. And all I kept feeling in my heart was... um." faith have faith so the key keep the faith because that's like the main important thing like faith to walk by faith not by sight so that's what it really is
0: awesome so your friend was basically saying i'm receiving from you right now please don't shut down keep your faith and keep speaking into me i know you're going through a hard time but but you're speaking into me, so don't. I need you to not give up. Yeah. Is that what you heard from? Exactly,
3: him? that's what I kept wow. on like. Yo, keep going, keep pushing. See, it
0: affects other people.
3: Like, keep pushing, man. Faith, you don't know. Like, I see people walking up to him all the time, and he got his own health issues and stuff, but he always keeps smiling, talking about the Lord. I'm like, bro, you don't know what you're doing right now. Like, what you're doing gonna put joy in other people's hearts. Okay. Like, like sometimes I don't even know what I'm even saying. Sometimes I just it just God, man, that's the peace you get. You get the peace from him. So it really is faith. Like in the beginning, Abraham, faith, Father of Israel, faith, 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 faith. So yes, God's the same. Keep the faith. You will have joy. You will have peace. You will have love. Keep that.
0: Yeah, man. One more, Angel, real quick. Yeah, and so, and Daniel and Amanda have been through some storms lately, some storms that some of you have never been through. Uh, and, and they just keep pushing, they keep showing up, they, keep, they remain faithful, even though they're super struggling. So don't ever assume that you're the only one in the room struggling. You're just not aware of all the issues. Sometimes I'm not aware, and I'm the pastor. I'm the last one to find out. Um, you know, but, but just understand that a lot of people in the room are going through storms at times. And so we, that's why it's important for us to be here consistently, come early and stay late to speak into each other's lives. Did you hear that? Come early and stay late.
2: Yeah, so I want to bounce off the Elijah and Elijah story, because here's the thing with Elijah had to believe that he was going to get the double portion, or he would have never stayed and waited and watched for it. And the problem when we don't get an answer right away, instead of our faith growing in expectation, what happens is our expectation begins to dwindle, and we begin to lose faith that it's actually going to come to pass, especially because our timing is not God's timing. You know, there's a lot of prophecies over my life that have not taken place, but I see them in the distance. in, in uh, Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12, God says that that he will make his word come to pass. If you don't believe that, you'll be like the five virgins who don't have enough oil to get through the time that they are in. But if you believe it with an expectation that, listen, God said it, and I'm going to watch for it, and I'm going to keep moving forward and not stop because there's an expectation in your heart. He said it, it's happening. And we have to be a people that believe persevere when we don't hear the answers and have an expectation the answer's coming. I don't care what it looks like right now. My answer's coming. That's the faith walk. It doesn't look like it's coming, but God said it, I believe it, and that settles it, and I'm moving towards it. Wow. There's wow. an expectation required in believers to move towards what God has called us to. Wow, wow.
0: Wow, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. it's on
2: when um, you were talking about David and how Saul pursued him and he you know he just kept pushing forward David had a chance to end it all when he was with Saul in the cave he could have killed Saul right then and there and just ended it all but instead he knew that wasn't God's path plan. for him
0: it wasn't his plan
2: that wasn't and sometimes we want to take shortcuts, mm-hmm. or we want wow. us to say, well, I'm just going to fall back from what God wants for me and do this for a while. And um, David's like one of my favorite people in the Bible, because his troops said to him, why didn't you kill him? And he said, because he's anointed. He's, he's one of God's king. anointed. You know. So we have to just stay on the path and not try to take our own way or our own shortcuts. Right, man i'll carry it up
0: thank you
2: (laughs) little agent experience from bobby
0: real quick preacher man
2: he'll never
0: stop calling you out of the boat ever i've been called out of the boat many times figured i've been called out of the boat enough i'll never stop calling you out of the boat onto the water just remember that man well thank you for sharing this stage with me what an honor yeah thanks for having me a little awkward but it was pretty cool maybe we'll do this again I, I, I'm, I'm I'm wondering what to do with this, but I actually think uh, next week might be something different as well. So if you get a text from me, don't say no. Um, I, I, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'll just try to figure it out. Um, so this is what I want to do. We're going to dismiss. Um, and so you can go if you need to be somewhere. Um, but I would like the media team to maybe put some uh, worship music on. And uh, I just, I want us to be uh, reverent to the fact that there may be people who are in the middle of a storm right now and need to crawl to Jesus or to uh, run to Jesus or to walk on water to Jesus. And I just want to offer some altar time for you. We're not going to pray over you. Uh, I think this is a moment where you just need to have with Jesus for your situation. Uh, And I want to offer that to you instead of just closing in prayer. Uh, So I just want to be respectful of that. And please go out into the foyer or outside if it's not raining, if you're going to be talking loud. And uh, I just want to offer that to you to be able to just come and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. Who knows what will happen? Um, And so we're here for you. The pastor's cabinet is here if you do want specific prayer. But otherwise, we just want you to hang with Jesus. So would you close us in prayer and uh, thinking of everything that we talked about today and pray that over us?
1: Yes, Lord. I just lift up all of these things and not be these I always like to pray that the seeds that have been spoken would, would land in good soil and would take root and would grow, Lord. And I just ask you for every person here as they are, all every human being is going to go through a storm at some point. Lord, and that we remember these stories and those who are going through storms right now and they feel like you're passing them by. Lord, remind them, Jesus, you could have passed you could have gone by the disciples and have made sure they never saw you. You could have gone a completely different side of the lake. But you chose to walk by them where they could see you. And Lord, you are always inside of us because you promised mm-hmm. that you would never leave us or forsake us. So I ask you for those of us who are going through storms that we would remember that you are there. Mm-hmm. And if we keep crying out, even though people tell us to shut up and they tell us to stop and stop you're not worthy and you're not good enough and all that, that we just ignore those lies. And that we would continue crying out until you stop and command us to be brought to you. Yes. Lord, and I thank you. We receive from you this morning. In Jesus'
0: name. Amen. So as he was praying, I I did sense uh, the call for physical healing in the chair. So Leanne, if you will cover this chair, and Ernie and Amy maybe or somebody over here, uh, Angel. Uh, If you want specific uh, prayer for healing and you actually want someone to lay hands on you to believe with you, come to one of the gray chairs before you leave. So, and just if there's a long line, make those prayers quick. We don't have to be long in our prayers to bring healing. Amen. So you are dismissed. I hope you enjoyed today and got something out of it.
1: Thank you for listening to this message from Dubois Light and Life Church. We hope you're blessed by it. To hear more messages or get more information about Light and Life Church, please visit DuboisFMC.org or check us out on Facebook.